Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. With the Dolphins coming out and having a terrific start, in their first two games in the NRL, I thought it was a great time to go through the first two episodes of Dawn of the Dolphins there. You get a great insight into Wayne Bennett, a great insight into how a club is made and put together, uh, especially something brand new, you know, obviously coming from a a team that plays in the Q Cup to going in the NRL is a completely different beast. And you're basically starting a business from scratch because you see in this, you know, first few episodes that they were hiring sort of 50, 60, 70 people uh, to work in the club over this you know over the crazy time since they you know found out that they were making it into the NRL their their bid were their bid worked and, and they were able to get into the NRL there and then playing that first game a few weeks ago there's so much that goes into that into that and that's you know shown throughout these first couple of episodes and then I'll do a review on, on episodes three and four as well, where there's going to be a plenty of information around guys like Milford and, and why he was dropped. I think we're going to see a little bit about that. You see that in uh, you know, when they show what's coming up. But we're going to be going through these one by one. It's absolutely torrentially raining here in Sydney on, on Tuesday. So let's uh, hope that that goes away. It should do over the next day or so. And we can have uh, plenty of dry footy for the weekend. But yes, yeah, I want to go through these first two episodes here. And, and the first... First one there, you see a lot around the history you know, of the Redcliffe Dolphins, now now being just called you know, the Dolphins, and you couldn't have the exact same name in the Q Cup, as well as the NRL, which is very interesting. Uh, but yeah, the rich history that they have, and you know, it speaks about how they kind of got in, involved in this and, and how they were able to secure the, the spot in the NRL. There's a lot of talk around financial stability being one of the most important factors, and they you know had what it sounds like over a hundred million dollars in assets under management, for example, which is, which is massive if, you know, and something that the Titans didn't really have, you know, coming into the NRL, they didn't really have that financial stability and, and because they didn't go super well over the first sort of five to 10 years there and a couple of good years, obviously Scott Prince and these kind of guys helped them out at the start in terms of, you know, playing solidly and making the eight a couple of years, but you know, 
to have that financial backing yourselves and rather than having to rely on the NRL was a massive thing to for the Dolphins to get into the, the NRL here. Uh, a lot of a lot of chat around insights into making decisions, you know, within the club, designs, you know, logos, these types of things, obviously really important and, and something that, you know, for for fans anyway, they go, oh, you know, especially young kids, you know, you're looking at, oh, they, they, their jersey looks really cool. Their logo looks, looks really cool. That Dolphin's awesome. Uh, that type of player is, is really cool. I want to, you know, go for that team now. And there's obviously so many people in the, the wider Brisbane area that, you know, most of the time they end up following the Broncos. If you're, you know, from the Gold Coast and maybe the Titans, you've got, you know, up north with the Cowboys, for example. But really nice that, that Queensland could get another team, especially, you know, Brisbane there. And, you know, a lot of young kids that can go, oh, do I want to follow the Broncos or want to follow the Dolphins? And, and these are all really important decisions there in, uh, you know, they showed in that first episode. And, and you'll see across the, across the couple episodes, guys, that if you're, interested in business or how to start something new this is a great way to show all the the positives the negatives the things that go right the things that go wrong and that was a great way to to kick it off we learn a fair bit about how wayne bennett is as a person as a coach you know what he looks for in in his players in his staff and and what he needs each and every day to create success and you know he's been a coach for you know crazy close to like 50 years now or something like that you know between playing and coaching there and he has seen everything which is which is great you know something that he done when he was building the broncos you know 25 years ago sorry a long, a long time ago when, when he was there uh yeah it's, he's brought a lot of those principles into here they didn't what he spoke about big was a big thing there was that they didn't go out and overpay for certain players that they didn't think would fit into a nice culture and system you've seen over you know the long period of time broncos have been a little bit of a, a struggling club of recent history, but before that, it was it was bringing in guys that you know would bleed for the jersey, would do anything they can for their brothers, for their mates to to be able to to go out, play hard, and do a great job for their for their team, and and that's what Wayne is looking to build at the Dolphins within you know within the organization, in the the, the ownership group, the you know, CEO for example, and you know all the guys in his staff, in his assistant coaches, his player development guys, his you know scouting guys as well is is building that you know really really well so yeah foundation club here it's it was really important to get that right and obviously with with how they've started and, and sort of the types of guys that they end up picking in their sides very evident that you know wayne bennett was was behind a lot of that what you see in there is he actually you know brought all his own staff in he said i want this guy i want this guy if they're if they're willing to be here can you go and you know i'll speak to them you speak to them as well and make sure that can go ahead and then you know you look to you know, how they they began to build the roster. A lot of it was the same. You know, they you look at the the CEO and everyone in in that uh, in that role there. They were really really good at listening to Wayne and you know making sure that he was the one making those decisions and they could facilitate those and just really learning from him. Given he has way more experience in NRL clubs for one, but in coaching and knowing exactly what he needs to to build a good club. You know, obviously, you know, if you're listening to Wayne there, he, he speaks about, you know, if, if I fail, I'm failing a lot of people within this organization. And and that's something that uh, really rings true throughout the, the first few episodes. And a lot of people in these higher powers actually listening to him. You look at, you know, clubs like the Tigers, for example, and that upper management is something that seems to have, have failed them a lot of the time. And, you know, with, with this starting club with the Dolphins, that's been something that's been incredible uh, you haven't heard anything negative uh, across the Dolphins uh, in this in this year or so, 
in, in them making this this squad here. But, you know, they move on to conversations around, you know, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny there, and Felice Cafusi, and, and how important those types of players are uh, in, in building a foundation club. You know, middle forwards, edge forwards there, really spoke about Jesse and, and Felice as, as super important guys. Obviously, Jesse with his, you know, captaincy, leadership qualities, that kind of thing there. And then also with Felice as that type of player, you know, he spoke in their little interviews. You get the behind the scenes in, you know, their their interviews with each other and, you know, potentially you know, trying to recruit him, basically the recruitment interviews with Felice. And he was saying that he wants guys around him that are going to have a crack each and every week and be there for each other on the field, off the field. And you can see that happening in these first few weeks with how Felice has played. He's led from the front in you know, his defense, his efforts, and that's really played across the across the team with all the other guys there as well. Yeah, a good good conversation with Jesse and, and Kenny as well. It sounds like all you know, all three of those guys obviously are Queenslanders and have those roots there with with lots of family there as well. They moved to to Melbourne for an opportunity. They've done sort of everything that they can you know, with the Storm. You know, they can continue to try and win premierships there, but this is a, a great fresh start to, to come in and do a good job. Uh, in a foundation club, which is a new challenge. And that's kind of how Wayne positioned it to them. You've done everything you've kind of can for the storm at the moment. This to be a new challenge, get to be close to the family as well. And they all really agreed with that. Speaking behind the scenes, the upper management guys, the recruitment guys with Wayne, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, Jesse's getting a little bit older and stuff like that. And Wayne quickly bounced back and said, look, we don't, I don't really care, to be honest with you at all, is how he played it. I don't care how many minutes he plays. He could come on for 20 minutes and we've got younger guys to follow him in his footsteps and they can come on and do a good job. And if they're not, they're, they're going to be pulled up on it and made sure that they're doing the right job. You know, Jesse, at this point, when they were talking to all these guys, it's about a year in advance. So they're about to start their 2022 season with their respective clubs. And, you know, they were looking to sign Jesse on a two-year deal, for example. So... At this point, he's you know in the in the early 30s, and and by the end of his contract, he'd be in the mid 30s there. So that was kind of their concern, and Wayne just you know, shot that down straight away. And that's incredible leadership there from from Wayne to be like, well, these are the types of players we need. They've done everything in this game, and they can bring that experience to this team, these young fellas that we're going to have here, and then anyone else who comes following that. So that was some big takeaways in episode one there. And just a the really important one and a, a great one for, for the Dolphins that upper management seem to you really know what they're talking about and just allowing Wayne to do his thing as he's the expert on all the the, the building a team, you know, structure, culture wise, and then you know the other guys can just facilitate that, which is exactly what Wayne needs, considering he's a you know, we find out a little bit about him being you know, obviously very much an introvert. You know, will likes to talk when he wants to, doesn't like to talk when he doesn't want to. So you can see when uh, he has to front the media and stuff like that. He's obviously a lot better at it now, and he says so himself. He he, he doesn't take a lot of it to heart anymore. And guys that have you know been you know, rude to him or or you know, things that he's told in confidence and stuff like that is leaked and all that kind of stuff. So he's a lot better with them now. He says, and, and he knows exactly what he wants to say and and goes from there. But that was episode one, guys. Yeah, a lot about just you know, how how to build a club, how it all started, the bidding process. There's a lot going on there. And episode two, there's plenty of information here to to go through. And yeah, we're going to kick it off with, there was lots of conversations with Milford. So you see, as I said, a lot of the behind the scenes with the recruitment interviews. You see uh, his manager in there, Sam Ayub, and yeah, all the other players with their managers and the kind of conversations that they were having there as well. And Milford at this point was coming off a you know, losing, you know, ending his contract there. He was playing some Q Cup and he did end up getting an opportunity with the Knights. So he did sign with the Knights for 22 
And I think the chat there was, you know, that it sounded like a bit of pushback, you know, Sam, you've been you know, pretty forward with his requests and, and what he wants for MILF and, you know, good at kind of persuading, uh, I would say would be the best word for, for what AU can do. Uh, there as a, as a player manager and you need to be good with that and, and Milf just so much up in the air with how he was playing and you know could he get back to some of his his good skills and he obviously played for the Knights for a little bit in 2022 and then he did get signed with the Dolphins and I'm not sure how much cash that would have been but you hope it wouldn't be a large amount with with what's transpired now but you know the management at the Dolphins were saying look Sam it's not going to be a big contract and and he was like well you know why not like what well, you know there a lot of back and forth with that and I think they kind of came to the conclusion that probably a one-year deal for you know, both parties were, were was happy with a one-year deal. And, and sort of Sam was saying, look, Milf, if you, Anthony, if you come out and you do really well, then you know, teams are going to be pushing, you know, Dolphins will be pushing to, to sign you for an extra couple of years. So you know, whether you get the contract with the Dolphins or you can resurrect, resurrect your career and go elsewhere, that was kind of the discussion there. So it was really, really interesting. I think with how the preseason and the uh, first game has pre- transpired and they're obviously winning without him, Isaiah Katoa has had a, a great start to the to the year. But yeah, he's just seemed like really just a, bit of a poor fella. Like you just can't really get back to, to, to having that discipline. Um, and that's why he's been dropped. And, and we'll speak about here now that, you know, with, with Wayne there, the most important things for him are discipline and having a winning attitude. So those two things is what he's clearly based this culture, this club, this team around is, is having that discipline and that winning attitude, which is, as, as I said, centered around the Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi, and you know, guys like Ray Stone, who we'll speak about a little bit later. They absolutely love him and the type of energy, uh, the type of work ethic, work ethic he brings to this club. So yeah, those two things, and that's gonna help you in life as well. There's so many things that, that Wayne says that, that's wisdom for playing sport, you know, being a, a young man, or you know, somewhere a man in your late teens to twenties and thirties, obviously your whole life. But just how important building these types of things are. He's saying if you don't have discipline, you can't grow, you can't become a better person, you can't become a better football player. And I think that's completely true in all, in all facets of life. So that was a big thing he spoke about multiple times. And then just having a winning attitude. And you know, if you if you fail in something, just getting back up. And you know, especially in a team environment, working for your teammates. And you know, making sure you don't let someone down a second time. If you make a mistake, that is okay. But you know, having that attitude to be like, nope, um, I'll be fine, and I'll come back and and win it all again, and and, and try hard and do again, uh, do it all again. Uh, I just found it really interesting the insights of of who they had conversations with. You see and hear conversations, especially with Mado. You didn't hear any conversation with your Junior Bolo there. Was a um, was a big one, Junior Bolo, sorry. And then guys like uh, Senior Turuva and you know Munster. There's a lot of chat around Ponga. And, you know, what they were talking about offering. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. For example, like uh, there was a conversation with Wayne 
and you know the CEO of the Dolphins, and, and they were talking about the type of things that they could offer him in terms of his brand. That was a big thing with Ponga, rather than you know they spoke about with with Munster and stuff like that. It was just you know Ponga could be the face of the franchise, and and Wayne was just like, look, that's great and all, but make sure that when you're talking to these players, that you can you, what you're offering them is something that you can definitely provide. And you know, it's not something that you are just saying to get them here. So he's really just just someone that's very authentic, very real, and you know, doesn't want to definitely doesn't want to get a, a bad rap with any players to be like, oh well, you told me this was going to happen and this and that, and you know you um, you couldn't deliver on that. And that was a super important thing to him. But the main important thing for Wayne was that you know look, all of this off field stuff is great. But if he's coming to this club, it's going to be all about footy. So, yeah, something very, very interesting. But, yeah, the types of players that end up re-signing with their clubs, Maddo, Junior, uh, obviously Taruva there, and you know, Munster and Ponga, all re-signing with their clubs and, and not moving to the Dolphins. And what we what we found it very difficult in this episode especially was you know, what they're finding difficult at the Dolphins was you know, how hard it is trying to, to sign people from other clubs. You know, when you have sort of five to ten players on your roster, they they actually went through it one by one as to the you know, ha- how early they signed certain players. So Felice Cafusi was their first one they signed, and and that was obviously a really important one. But to show that these types of guys, thankfully, they did have some roots, you know, back home in Brisbane to as you know certain uh, you know, certain players that you could easily well much more easily get early on, especially when you haven't got any part of the roster booked out at all. So yeah, you can see that a lot of these guys were super comfortable in their teams and, and they kind of spoke about that as well, uh, which I'll get onto the next point in a sec. It's just a lot of these guys, you know, seems like they were fairly comfortable. You know, it's very hard to, to push someone that, you know, is, is in there making, um, you know, he's a top four type of side. And, you know, the, the Eels boys there, for example, Taruva, he was looking for an opportunity and he seems to have got it this year with the Panthers, thankfully for his, his sake. But, you know, Munster was more about where he wanted to live. Like money-wise, wasn't going to change too much. Ponga, uh, again, if he wanted to, to move from the, the Knights and, and potentially join something new and, and he's already the face of the Knights. Munster's already the face of his club, the Storm as well. So, yeah, I just found it, um, yeah, really interesting. It, it, it would be very difficult to be able to move a lot of these guys from these type of teams. So, yeah, that was that one there. And Wayne really you know, speaks about resiliency in this in this section here. So, he believes it's, it's down a lot more, you know, way less than it was uh, back, you know, sort of 20, 30 years ago there, even 10 years ago. He's saying that young men these days have a lack of resiliency, it seems. So, yeah, they're not being, he says himself, not really being drilled in by the family, you know, the, the parents, the, the uncles, the aunties, this kind of, uh, these kind of people there. Um, you know, they, these players, they look like they really do want the success deep down, but they don't really have the resiliency to do that, which he, he kind of explains in here that a lot of these players just are really comfortable in their in their clubs and, and what they've been offered. And yeah, there's a, you know, a lot going down there. He, he, I'll speak about it a little bit lower as well, but he speaks about a lot of players that are that he feels like they're in their they're in their comfort zone, which he speaks about a little bit later in the episode there, and is something that uh, he's not really looking for. He's finding it difficult to for guys to be like, oh, I'd I'd be happy to to move and and have a a new a uh, new competition, new bit of competition for you know in their own life something a little bit different. Guys, you know, people don't, obviously don't like change. They they like feeling comfortable, and he feels like a lot of these stars. You know, he may have been directing that at a few of these guys that you know, like Maddo and stuff that just seemed very comfortable in a in a good side, getting his money, doing his job, 
um, yeah, so I, obviously you don't, yeah, there's no real issue with that, I suppose. You know, if they want to do that, that's what they want to do. But yeah, he found that very interesting and that the way he described that was very interesting as well. But seriously, the wisdom that pours out of that man's mouth is, is incredible. So I think everyone should watch, uh, listen and, and learn to him. Just, you know, really just how to live life. You know, everything when you're older seems a lot more simple than it does when you're in your in your teens and your 20s. So just listening and learning to that, especially if you're into sport, you know, if you play yourself, uh, if you are into business and, and just sort of, you know, and then living living your best life. I think it's a really massive insight into to building a business, what you see here uh, in what you know, what you need to get right. Like he speaks about having all guys with the same vision, the same discipline, the same winning mentality. And you know that shows if you've got everyone on the same page, then, then most things in life, in sport, you're going to do a great job. So I found it you know, really, really interesting. And, and he speaks about what it takes to not to fail. You know, if they come out and, and select the, the wrong guys with, without that correct attitude, they spend big money on someone that's a bit of a risk then it's not going to work out. And he speaks about uh, you know, potentially not even, there was a lot of chat in this episode around you know, signing a marquee player and the media was saying, oh, they haven't got one yet. They're trying to get one. Obviously, Munster, Ponga, these types of guys would have been one of those guys, like that face of the franchise type of player. And Wayne was you know, talking about just not focusing too much on that. You know, We can get someone over the next few years. If we make a poor decision now, it's going to fail this organization going forward. So that was something that was uh, really well spoken about there. Uh, again, here was a very um, interesting one with just you know, standard business issues with you know, the website actually crashed with the, with the demand of, of their membership sales. On, at, I think it was midday on uh, you know, a, a long time ago, about nine months ago there. Um, very frustrating for them, but very cool at the same time with, with so many people that were very interested in purchasing membership. So I believe there was about 20,000 people looking to, to get on that website at once and it did crash, but they end up selling uh, you know, plenty. Uh, I think it was about $40,000 worth um, of of sales of the jersey, for example, a couple of a couple of weeks later, I believe. But yeah, they sold plenty of memberships that uh, that afternoon as well, which was which was great. You know, that fa- those foundation memberships are so important to a club. Getting them off the ground, getting some extra cash in there to be able to to market to expand and, and do lots of good things. You know, heading into that twenty twenty three season there as well. There's also some uh, some some time in this episode and in the first one where they had their first clinics and stuff for that. Wayne was really getting involved with a lot of the kids. They they had some young kids ones. They also had their first sort of Dolphins, uh, you know, pathways program kind of thing with their sort of 15, 16 year olds that are, are gonna be the future. So setting that up as well. Now they have some good cash to you know be able to to, to create those pathway programs. And, and Wayne was really involved in all that and, and showed how important that was to to him and also the club for them to do well going long term. You see a lot of these clubs like Penrith and how well they've done with their pathways programs at the moment. So they've set that up and and they've got ready to go. But yeah, it was very interesting seeing the um, the website crashing and just showing that yeah, it, a lot of things when you're a new business, it's going to fail um, fail in some way. You know, class that as a failure if you like. But uh, yeah, how you how you come back and and most people understand that's for sure anyway. Um, very interesting about the, the negativity around the jersey reveal was huge. They showed all of the tweets, the, the comments on Facebook and stuff like that about how poor they think the colors were. They reckon it looked crap, blah, 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 blah. Um, I actually personally think it looks great, especially when the boys are wearing it on the field. It's hard to look at because it's very bright. There's a lot going on. The creams, the, the gold, the, the red there, there's, there's a lot going on. So I can understand why people didn't like it 
as much from the start, but I suppose it shows that no matter what you do there, there are going to be people that don't like what you do. I think it looks you know, very bright, very vibrant there when they're wearing it on the park. I think it, it's uh, something that a lot of kids are going to like to wear as well. So yeah, very, very interesting in that part of it. And then, uh, yeah, I spoke about earlier about the you know, comments that Wayne had about you know, players being in their comfort zone at other clubs, which he, yeah, he was noticing when, when recruiting those players there. You know, it came off the back of the discussion around the amount of time they get in the off-season, you know, off and, and not training. Saying, it sounds like a lot of the clubs, you know, teams will get sort of six to seven weeks to kind of set, uh, set their players up, set their teams up. By the time they come back in you know, early January, a lot of these players do. It sounds like a lot of clubs do this as well, and and that's kind of what he was wrestling with. Is like he was saying that yeah, even really good pros need six to seven weeks at a minimum to get everything correct and and, and ready to go. Obviously, the fitness and stuff is a, is a massive thing that they're working on in that first you know six to eight weeks there. But it shows why a lot of these clubs are, are seem underdone when they come into round one. There's there's a bunch of the clubs that come in raring to go, get some good wins on the board, look fit. And then there's other clubs where you know they're just not ready to go. You see how many how many of these players at the moment are getting you know cuff cramps. There's, there's so much going on in these uh, in these players and, and their situations at the moment that shows that maybe a lot of them are underdone. Uh, and you know, you're speaking about they, they you know, do they really if your guy's on a, a million bucks, is he you know, if you if you're earning that much money, should you be getting eight to ten weeks off in the uh, in the you know, off season there to yeah, unless you're winning comps every year, like you know the Panthers, they probably deserve a little bit extra time off, so you make sure that they're good for the back end of the year. But a new club like this, you, you want as many people in at preseason or getting everyone back uh, as possible, and and that's not something that Wayne was was too excited about the the amount of people that were going to be back. Obviously, in mid Jan, there was the World Cup on, but he was even talking about the players that you know, weren't playing World Cup, and they were trying to work out when they could get everyone back. Obviously, it's hard with you know Christmas time being in there, but even if you, you get back into some preseason in December for a few weeks, build up some you know base base strength, base uh, cardio and stuff like that, and and some team camaraderie, and then have your couple of weeks off and then come back in early Jan. It's probably the best way to go. But he wasn't too happy with that uh, for sure. Yeah, the, one of the comments from someone else there in there was uh, you know the clubs need more race stones and, and Waden completely agreed he was like yeah we definitely yeah, every team needs a, a team of race, of race stones basically so that was a massive compliment to him and obviously his work ethic I hope that he you know, recovers from this injury that he's picked up because he had a good game round one and he's going to be important for this team morale the, the work ethic and that kind of stuff and shows why they've come out and started really well so there was plenty of time spent just near the end of this episode on you know, guys like Jesse and you know, Felice Cafusi, Jesse Bromwich there, uh, shows how important they are to the culture and leadership of this team. So they continue to go over that in the first couple of episodes. And it has showed in this first couple of games. No matter how many minutes guys like Jesse play, their their culture, their leadership qualities is massive for this club. And over the uh, next few episodes, it looks like we'll probably learn a little bit more about the milford Katoa situation uh, in the next few, you know, few episodes there. Seeing there's a little bit of issue with Milford not showing much keenness to go back on the field in the trial game. Yeah, the, the, one of the assistant coaches there was talking like, oh, what's going on? Like, all right, fine. Like, you know, not that keen to get on, you know, whatever, just stay. And he's like, no, no, I'm okay. Like, it was just a bit of a weird conversation there, which we'll, we'll see more in the episode. They are, obviously, that was the coming up and, and what's next. So there's always the little snippets like that. But it's going to be very interesting and showed, you know, even in the next couple of episodes, it shows Katoa um, calling his family and, and letting him know that he was going to be starting in round one. So there'll be plenty of information around that Milford situation, which is going to be very, very interesting. So stay tuned, guys. Yeah, my, my big conclusions on 
these first two episodes is obviously yeah the building of a club is is really tough and you know really exciting at the same time and and getting things right in that first year they had a lot like they had about a year to to prep a little bit over that to to try and get this right really in 2023 and it shows that if you put the right structures in place you stick by those structures those disciplines get guys with winning attitudes that you can come out and do anything and you see a bunch of these clubs at the moment that are struggling obviously thankfully the knights had a great win on the weekend but the knights and tigers of recent years titans really don't have much direction in there you can see exactly what the dolphins want to do with wayne as coach with this uh, organization and it's really exciting to show how you know businesses starting from scratch they obviously have plenty of history as a Redcliffe Dolphins, but nothing in the NRL can come out and, and really do well from day dot. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find out a little bit more over the next sort of month or so as to how the Dolphins, you know, how it all plays out for them. But super exciting signs for them, for Wayne and for everyone that's been hired and, and is involved in the Dolphins club at the moment. So I hope you enjoyed that review, guys. Let me know in the comments what you thought of that. Uh, I definitely suggest going watching it, uh, but if you don't have the time to it, they were about an hour, hour and a bit episodes each. Um, then thank you so much for, for listening to this video and, and you know, my insights on uh, yeah, on business, on, on sport there, on, on life there. And uh, thank you very much. See you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.